Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the MOP Voice. We are very blessed today to continue our two-part series on relationships, and today we're going to be diving in to dating and marriage. And to join us today in this special episode, we have some good friends of mine, actually, uh, Jacob and Leanne Garcia. They're actually newlyweds, so we're really excited to have them on today's episode. And before we get started, I just want to go ahead and give a slight introduction. They uh, actually have been married for almost four months. They currently reside in uh, the state of Texas, and they attend Reach Apostolic Church, and they are from the district of Midland, Texas. And why don't you guys take a time at this moment to just greet our listeners? Praise the Lord, everyone. This is Brother Jacob Garcia. We're super excited to get to join you guys on this podcast. We Trust me, we're very humbled as that we would be asked to, to share a little bit of our experience. Uh, so thank you to the MOP board, as well as Sister Dacia, Brother Elias, and Brother Chris, for this opportunity. Praise the Lord, uh, MLP, Mrs. Leanne Garcia. Um, thank you for this opportunity for coming before you guys just to share a little bit of our story. And thank you for everybody else kind of doing the hard work behind the scenes. This is pretty exciting. Amen. And so thank you so much for being with us. We're excited to discuss and dive into this conversation. So why don't we go ahead and do that? So as I mentioned previously, we're going to be discussing dating and marriage in this episode. So we're going to go ahead and get started with the first question. The question everyone wants to know. So how did you guys meet and what was it about each other that you knew this is the individual I want to marry? I guess I'll go first. Um, so we actually met uh, in 2018 on the MOP London Revival trip. Uh, so let me just say, I believe in mission trips. I believe in trips like this because that's where I found my wife. So uh, we met uh, there on that trip. I actually was one of the team leads, and Leanne was actually on my team. Uh, I was like, man, I want to tell this girl, you know, hi, my name is Will. I'm the will of God or, you know, something like that. So I can give her attention. Uh, but um, we were we were there. And uh, I remember we were passing out. Dasi, you may remember you were on that trip with us. Uh, we had taken a, a group of people. and We were going to form like a gospel choir. Uh, and we were going to have like a concert and stuff there in London. So we were passing out little tracks. Um, everyone on the team had backpacks. Uh, except for me, I had a little side bag. But I had something to carry the tracks in, but I, I made Leanne responsible. And that was like my gateway to talking to her. And I said, you're going to be my secretary. Little did I know that I was prophesying. Amen. <laughs> but I told her, I said, you're, you're going to carry these these little tracks around uh, and you're going to be responsible for keeping them. Uh, and that was like my way to, you know, getting to know her and stuff. And, and one of the nights on that trip, we had taken like a night excursion and, and her and I spent the whole time uh, debating why chocolate is delicious and why she needs to get delivered because she doesn't like chocolate. Uh, but anyway, so that was that was kind of it. But I, I knew that she was the one that, you know, I really wanted to pursue uh, because she laughed at my jokes. Uh, you know, I, I tend to think of myself as pretty funny, but some people don't. Uh, but she seemed to think so, and, and she would not stop laughing, and that, that laugh and smile of hers really, really captured my attention. And uh, so that's when the pursuit began to get to know her a little better, and, well, now here we are. You want to add anything or mention anything? Yeah, you're funny. He was funny. 
Uh, no, yeah. I mean, you crossed all the teams. Um, it was on a mission trip. Um, I was in his team. At first, I was like, wow, this guy has his own, like, bag. Why is he making me carry, you know, these hundreds of tracks? So, at first, he thought it was, like, cute, but I was kind of annoyed. Um, <laughs> like, you could carry your own tracks. But, you know, that's the past. Um, but it was just kind of just the way he was, that he was naturally funny, kind of drove me towards him. Um because not everybody's naturally funny. You could tell, like, there's a facade or, you know, they're trying to be someone that they're not. But he was genuine, and it really, I don't know, it made, like, a mark on me. So, yeah. Amen. Thanks for sharing. And, yes, I do want to clarify, I was there. Was I exactly part of it? Probably not, but we were there. We were a witness. So, yes. Oh, that's that's such an awesome story, guys. Thank you for sharing. And those personality traits and everything the Lord will just align everything to fall into place. Okay, so we want to go ahead and move on to the next question, uh, which you guys actually, you know, had to encounter this stage before marriage. So what would you say is the purpose of dating? The purpose of dating is, I mean, I would say that it is the step that you take once you know you're ready for something like marriage. Um, you know, we, we live in a society where people kind of want to do like the cars on the lot, right? They want to, they want to test drive everything. And that's, uh, that's not really God's intention for what he plans us to be. So, you know, I, I believe you should make friends. I'm, I'm all for making friends. I'm all for you getting to know people. Uh, but there comes a moment where the severity of your feelings and, you know, what it is that you know is in your future comes into play. And that's where you have to make an effort to, you know, start courting, start dating somebody. But the only the only way you get there is you're like, man, I, I can see myself marrying this person. I can see myself becoming one flesh with this person. If you don't have that perception of somebody, you can't see yourself doing it, uh, then don't don't even don't even get close to them. Don't even waste your time. So my short answer to that uh, would be, you know, it's it's a step towards towards wanting to have marriage, wanting to have something serious with somebody. No, for sure. Um, I agree with him 100%. I think um, the purpose of dating is to get married, obviously. Like how my husband said, it's not something that you can just test drive and, you know, get a taste here and there. It's about really wanting to become one with that person um, in order to, like, move forward. I feel like someone has to be like fully established before they're willing to bring someone else into their lives. Because um, then if you're a mess and you drag, drag someone else in, it's just going to not turn out well. Or you're getting into the relationship for the wrong intention. Um, and that's always not a good outcome either. So I just think someone needs to be fully founded, have the right intention, um, knowing that dating is something to go towards marriage. That's such a great answer. I think that long-term vision, like knowing what direction, knowing your intention is so important when it comes to dating. And Leanne, you mentioned something that I really do want to pick at. I think it could really open up the door to something uh, powerful here. You mentioned having like your own identity, being founded. Uh, can we pick at that for just a little bit? Just being, because have you guys heard that this person completes me. Like I'm my half and then this person is this other half. And then obviously there's that biblical concept of what we become one, but I've heard that so often, like I meet my other half. What do you guys think about that? Like 
is, is there our own identity that we should have in Christ before we start dating or marry someone? Or does this person truly, you know, become this other half of another piece to us? I I truly don't like that phrase. Like, oh, you complete me. Like, I truly don't like it. Um, don't mean to offend anybody that does say that. But I feel like you should be already completed with God before you try to get someone else into your life. Because if what you're relying on to be completed, quote unquote, isn't someone else, in reality, you're not happy with yourself at the moment. And then you feel like you're lacking in areas that someone else could bring you like joy or happiness or, you know, any other trait that you may feel like you're lacking. And then you're going to put the responsibility on your significant other. And if they've, end up feeling overpowered or too much of a burden, like, I can't do that. Like, you're, what the other person's going to be doing is you're going to be carrying the relationship just because you yourself weren't founded to begin with. And wow, you're relying on that person to make you happy when that shouldn't be it. You should be happy already before starting the relationship. Absolutely. I, I tell young people all the time, if you're not happy single and with Jesus, then you don't need to be looking for a relationship because our sufficiency mm. is not found in anybody else. As much as I love my wife and as much as I think she is the greatest wife in all the world, she will fail me. And I, mm. I told her right after we got engaged, I said, I'm, I'm going to be your husband and I'm going to be, you know, what Christ tells me I need to be for you. But understand, I'm going to fail you. And I think way too many times we have this Disney romantic comedy version of marriage that the world is so deceived with what marriage and relationships are supposed to look like, bro, you're going to fight. You are going to fight. And I know we've only been this in for a little bit, but you know, we've almost gotten divorced a couple of times just because <laughs> we're both, we're both human beings. We both come from, from different homes, different. And, and it's not even like, like fights, like two massive arguments, but I'm talking about simple things like, uh, like, you know, Great example. When my wife washes the dishes, she likes to put them in the dishwasher. I like for them to be put up in a certain, I, I like for them to be put up where they're supposed to be. So that when I'm looking for something, I expect to find the knives and the spoons and the forks in the place that they're supposed to be, not in the dishwasher. Uh, but she washes them and then just puts them there. And But again, those are things that can cause conflict. Uh, but, you know, I have to understand that it is not her responsibility to make me happy. Am I happy that I'm with her? Absolutely. But it is not her duty to make me happy, nor is it my duty to make her happy. You have to already be happy because you are saved. You need to be happy because you have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that fulfills all your needs. Once you're past that point of understanding that he gives you everything that you need and that he's the ultimate provider, then look for somebody. But don't go into looking for somebody looking for happiness. That's not it. Look for the will of God not happiness. Because at the end of the day, you're going to fail each other. We fail each other every day. But we understand that our sufficiency is not in each other. Yes, the Bible does say that two flesh becomes one flesh. You do become one essence, absolutely. But that doesn't mean that we complete each other. Mm -hmm. What completes us is our sufficiency in Christ. What completes us wow. is the fact that we both serve God. And what completes us is the fact that we were both in our pursuit for Christ that we found each other. 
That's so powerful. I love that. It's just everything, the way that both of you guys worded that. I always tell young people as well, I believe you'll know you are ready. There's a lot of other factors, but one of the main ones is you know you are ready for a relationship when you have truly already found your identity in Christ. Because then you're not going to be looking for this other person to complete you or to be your joy, to be your source. That's where Christ has already met every single one of your needs. And then it's so beautiful because grace meets us in these places when we lack each other as human beings. So thank you for sharing that. That was just such a great point that I hear too often that I wanted to go ahead and pick at. And so with that, I want to go ahead and move on to the next question. What would you say are some qualities that someone should look for in their significant other? Find someone you're willing to lose an argument with and still stay with. <laughs> I say that jokingly, yeah. but at the same time, I truly mean that. Mm-hmm. Because no no disagreement, no different like point of view or no no different, you know, sense of upbringing or anything is worth you trying to separate, you know, yourself. The scripture says, let no let no one, no thing that God has brought together, let no man put it asunder. Sometimes we're trying to put it asunder ourselves without realizing it. Sometimes we ourselves are trying to separate us without realizing it because we let petty things, small things get in the way of us. So, and maybe I'm just speaking for me because of how I am and the character that I carry. But look for someone who you're you're willing to lose an argument to and stay with. That's when you know someone's worth it. Um, I believe to find someone, like I mentioned earlier, someone who's like true and honest of who they are. Um, even before in the, you know, friends getting to know stage. Because, you know, they're always going to try to like impress you or say like, you know, I'm a pretty cool person. Um, but in reality, they could always um, just be pretending at the moment. Um, so I think it's always about trying to figure out someone who's true and honest. Um, so they're not going into a relationship and you're like, well, this isn't the person who I thought, you know, he or she was. Um, so always someone that's able to show you the true self before getting into a relationship. Yes, all such great characteristics and pointers to look out for. And so that kind of connects us a little bit to the next one. And so the next question, I hear this question so often, especially from young people, uh, often asked, how do you know if it is God's will for that person or that relationship to take place? Through prayer. Um, Amen. Prayer is really our key guidance. Nearly in everything, you should always be asking God um, for guidance. And it's the same thing for a relationship. If you don't have that connection with God, then in reality, you're not going to know anything of where to go career-wise, um, just anything in life. But relationship is also one of those things is being able to pray about it from the beginning and even, you know, to the end about, you know, making sure that person is the correct person for you. I, I would agree. Um, I'd also even add um, maybe from, from not a so more practical point. Uh, I, I believe in making an effort, but there's a difference between things falling into place and you forcing things into place. Mm. When things begin to fall into place, that's how you know that God is orchestrating, you know, things for you uh, because you yourself are in the will of God. Uh, but a lot of times people mistake effort for forcing. 
and they try to force things and they're like, no, I, I really want this to work. And this is just a test. It, it's not a test. It's, it's God telling you that ain't it. The other thing I might add is, is, you know, when you're looking for someone, especially if you're, you know, serving the Lord and you want someone that, that is going to serve the Lord alongside you. Um, if that person makes you give up any of your conviction or makes you lose who Christ has already made you to be, that ain't it. That is definitely Talk not about it. it. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a reason why the Lord said uh, for what, uh, business do believers have with unbelievers and light have with darkness there's a reason why the scripture says that because uh you can't have things unbalanced god really has a beautiful way of creating things and has an order as to where things should be and how they should be and you know i i i preached a message at a couple camps this summer where i was i was telling young people uh i was talking about samson and delilah and i was i was saying you know there's there's a lot of times where you know, we feel we feel irritated if I could when our parents are like, you know, busca tu una la iglesia, find one from church, and you're like, man, there's nobody here, bro. There's an there's an eternity of people there. You just have to look. I, you have to get out of your district and out of your church. I had to get out of my district and my church, and now I'm married, so it works. But anyway, that's side point. Uh, but the thing is that whenever you find yourself with somebody that doesn't believe like you do, that doesn't walk like you do, that doesn't have the same covenant as you do. Whenever you find yourself in trouble, you may find yourself running to two different sources of help, two different gods, and then what? How are you going to be sure? And then that can cause confusion, like, oh, wait, is my God really the right God? Because then you're going to wonder if that God that you have and that God that they run to, which one's going to be able to help you? Don't, don't, don't set yourself up for failure. Uh, if you're having to force it, it's not it. If things are falling into place, then that's how you know. But you need to be, going back to like the, the previous answer, you just have to be already in the will of God and completing God and mm. have that relationship with God to yes. be able to know. God will speak to you. God will yes. show you things. We we act like God showing us is super spiritual and super, you know, scary only for like certain, you know, gifted people. That's not it. The Lord asks and tells us that we should all have a sense of discernment and that we should all be able to test the Spirit. And if you have that relationship with God, you have that connection, you know what his voice is like, you know when he's leading you somewhere or when he's cautioning you to be out of somewhere. When it comes to that significant other, it won't be any less. He will show you. He will guide you. He will tell you, this is it. This ain't it. But it all starts, like my wife said, very blatantly. And we think that's so cliche. Pray about it. That's because that's right. the foundation of everything. A lot of times we're like, well, I want an answer besides that. And in certain in certain circumstances and in certain ways, in certain things, uh, pray about it is not the only answer. I agree. But when it comes to this, like that's the basis of everything. Because prayer is communication with God. How what, how do you want him to tell you if you don't even talk to him? How right. do you want him to show you if you don't ever open your eyes to him? And so when you have that foundation, when you have that communication with God, prayer, fasting, reading of the word, uh, then you'll know his voice. <laughs> then you'll know that he's speaking to you and he'll show you this is the right person. This ain't the right person. Amen. All that was said in a nutshell, really prayer is just that foundational key. And like you mentioned, it's so simple. Sometimes I do feel like we overcomplicate prayer. Like if it's this thing that only the prophetic can do or only super spiritual people can do. No, it's, it's such an avenue for us to be able to connect with the will of God. And really that that's what prayer is. It's communication 
to our God. God desires that intimacy. He desires that relationship. And that's where we'll often find the will of God through the avenue of prayer. And everything you guys said was spot on. Uh, I really do want to focus on that part where you guys talked about just feeling that peace. You don't have to force it. I get this question a lot, um, especially just like going to youth camps. You know, you've ever pulled those all-nighters with your campers. You get that question. I often tell young ladies this. You will know when it's the will of God when the characteristics of God follow. So you think about what God is. Well, God is the God of peace, joy, love, patience, all these things. If you're not seeing the characteristics of God flow in the relationship, it's probably not of God because God is found where his character is found. And you guys even shared your story. You felt that peace. You felt that love. You didn't have to force it. It flowed. And I just, you know, to kind of sum up um, and add to the prayer aspect as well, look for and God will give you those signs, but you will know the will of God when the characteristics of God follow because God's not a God of confusion. He's not a God where you've got to force things out of your own humanity and your own will. God will back up what is his will and will let it flow. So thank you for sharing that, guys. That was that was awesome. Thank you for adding that. So uh, I want to go ahead and move on to the next question. And this is also a question we get a, a lot of times. Is there such a thing as the right person but the wrong time? Absolutely. Um I can't, you know, there's, I don't feel, I don't know, maybe my theology is off, maybe because I didn't finish Bible college, I don't know, but I don't have a super spiritual answer for this, but I'm going to say yes, and the only reason why I'm so sure in our answer is because that is our story. We met in 2018, and I, I really tried to pursue, um, but my wife was in a different season of her life, and what I didn't realize is that I was still in a certain season of my life. And there were certain things that I needed to address and needed to take care of as well as her uh, before we could be where we are right now. We talk about it all the time. We're like, man, that's crazy we met. But, you know, and then there's times where we're super happy having a wholesome moment. We'll be like, oh, why didn't we get together sooner? But then immediately it's almost as if the spirit of God convicts us and reminds us that timing is a very important thing. Had we pursued it, had we tried we probably more than likely would not be married right now. Uh, just because, again, we were just in very different seasons of our life. And that's okay. You can absolutely meet the right person and it be and it not be the right time. Uh, because I also believe that, you know, we also have to learn how to trust God. Again, I know it sounds super cliche, but there's a lot of times where we want to be God and we want to do things on God's behalf and say, no, right now. You know, there's that Corita mm -hmm. that says, bendice me, bendice me ahora. And I, I don't have anything wrong with that, but God is not a God that we should demand. And, yeah. and if it ain't the time, son, it's not the time. You're probably not tithing enough anyway to have a girlfriend. So it's not the time. I believe in the right person at the wrong time because that, that's our story. You know, there's just some, you, there's a, what well, Gomez said, the thing, you know, get your ducks in a row. I, my ducks were not in a row. My ducks were running rampant, you know, chasing after loads of bread. I needed to get my ducks in a row. My wife needed to get her ducks in a row. Once we hit that point, then the Holy Ghost orchestrated, oh, he orchestrated everything for us to be able to get to where we are right now. But absolutely. I don't know if my wife wants to add anything to that. No, yeah, you said it completely. Like, I believe um, it is could be the right person, wrong time. Like how you mentioned, it's exactly our story. I believe someone just has to be fully established in a relationship with God 
And if God says it's not the time, then it's not the time. Like our story is completely about God's timing and us relying on God. And, you know, maybe at the moment we weren't thinking like, oh, we'll ever reconnect later. But we just knew our feelings um, put in God's hand. And, you know, here comes 2020 and, you know, it just all fell into place. Um, so, yes, I truly believe in right person, wrong time. Amen. I love that. The Holy Ghost just orchestrated when it was time for you guys. And, and you know, just to add to that, there's, there's even a whole section in the book of Ecclesiastics where it talks about there's a time to mourn, there's a time to laugh, there's a time for everything. And I would even add, you know, I believe with all my heart, the will of God is connected to the timing of God. God had a time for everything he did throughout Scripture. On the seventh day, he rested. He chose the third day to rise up. He chose, you know, seven times to walk around the walls of Jericho. There was a timing for everything, a timeline for everything. And as much as God is a God of his will, he's also a God of timing. And timing is inside of God. God is not inside of timing. So that's just powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And so I want to go ahead and move on to the next question. So a lot of people when dating, and of course, one day leading to marriage, as we talked about, that's the goal, come from different backgrounds. In more specifics, a lot of times maybe, and I hear this sometimes, you know, they've done something or they come from a certain past that they're not exactly proud of, sort of kind of like with baggage, and they get into dating, they get into marriage. How important would you, would you say is grace and forgiveness when it comes to relationships and, of course, marriage? That's such a good question because I feel like some people don't really talk about it. Um, they don't really talk about, like, you know, having a past or baggage, especially when it comes to relationships. You kind of want everybody to kind of forget if you ever really did anything wrong. Um, but we are kind of also another poster child of that question, too, um, just because we do have different backgrounds. Like how my husband was saying earlier the, from another question that um, – how I didn't have my ducks in a row. I was in a different season in my life. Um, I did slip away from church for a while, you know, before a relationship. And I had to tell him that before we even got into thinking about getting into a relationship because I feel that he needs to have all the cards on this table before he decided to pursue anything. Um, just because I don't want to hide anything from him. I didn't want to be ashamed of, you know, what had happened in the past. And then on, on top of that, with him being, you know, in ministry, um, I didn't want it to come back on him for anything. Um, but because of that, it showed how much grace he had towards me, and he was willing to go ahead and realize that I wasn't the person who I was in the past. Our, we're not our past man. We're not somebody who we are, you know, years ago. And he was able to, in a sense, forgive me, not that it affected him in any way, um, but forgive the sins that I had did back back a couple years ago um, and love me for who I was today. Um, and that was something that I and still do cherish of him every day because, you know, if I had were to tell my story, it's not a normal story. Um, it's a very unique story. And it was something that he was able to kind of, in a sense, put aside and still choose to love me. Um, so that is something that I feel like when someone goes into a relationship or is talking about going into a relationship, they shouldn't feel like they have to hide um, or be ashamed of things that they did in the past because I feel like there shouldn't be the other would 
choose to still love them knowing that they're not the same person who they were before. Absolutely. I um we I grew up in in a home missions church that my grandparents pastored, very old school. Everything like by the book, you know. And uh, I grew up learning all that and thinking that that was um I don't want to say the right thing, but that that was the only way to do things. But when you really, really understand the, the, the story of the cross and its purpose, you understand that the cross is for everybody. Amen. Not just the people that didn't grow up and didn't have this truth, but the cross is also for those that did have the truth and straight away. Um, I think of, of Peter. You know, he had his slight moment where he was like, I don't know who that fool is, and denied him three times just like Jesus said he would. But instead, you know, came back and became the Apostle Peter and, uh, you know, preached and gave us that, you know, powerful verse that we use as the center of our doctrine, you know, Acts 2.38. To me, it's it's incredible when people can... Look, it's one thing to talk about the grace of God, and it's another thing to live in the grace of God. Yeah. I'm all for preaching it. But, man, I, it's it's another thing to live it. I can I can tell you, I can preach about healing, but it's a different thing for me to preach it when I've been healed. It's one thing to talk about deliverance, but it's a whole other thing to talk about it when I've been delivered. And so my, my thing, especially when it comes to people seeking after, you know, other people to get into a relationship with, look, nobody's perfect. And if you think you're perfect, you're dumb and you need Jesus. Let me just put it that way. Nobody is perfect. The Bible says, for we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So when you're looking for a perfect person, you're going to end up not finding them. I'm sorry, but you're not. But when you understand the fullness of the grace of God, and how much he was able, you know, how much he was able to forgive, and how much he was able to, to even say such as taking our sins away and throwing them to the deepest of seas, never to be remembered again. Why can't we do that? I feel like, and this may be a whole other podcast for a whole different day, but you know, we want to be apostolic, but we're not kind. We want to be children of God, but we're not friendly. And we want to talk about how great, you know, the, how awesome the blood of Jesus is, but we only want it to wash us on our current circumstances, but not really wash away the sins of the sinner. When that's who Jesus came to save, he said he didn't come for perfect people. He came for the sinning people. He came for those that needed him. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not, you know, putting my wife on blast here, but her story is, is very unique and very powerful. If you know her or if you've heard her story, you know that it's legit the grace of God that brought her back to where she is now. And if I wanted to be some religious Pharisee, you know, I was no no uh, no lesser of a sinner than she was. Just because we, and that's the thing, we try to measure sin like there's this little sin and then there's a little bigger sin and then there's like this really big sin. The Bible says that it's all the same. And, you know, we all sin. Every single one of us need the grace of God. Otherwise, we wouldn't have gotten baptized. Otherwise, we wouldn't accept the blood sacrifice that he made. And so when she came to me and was like, look, this is what's going on. This is the story. I had to discern and I had to really pray and decide, you know, I'm not going to run away because, one, I'm nobody to judge you. And, two, 
you're not who you are now. That's not who you are anymore. Uh, who am I to, to bind you to a past that remains in your past? That's not who you are. If you've moved on and you've shown those fruits of repentance, then I should not accept trying to label you as a sinner, but as a sinner chasing after righteousness. We're all sinners chasing after righteousness. And uh, so I know, especially for those in ministry, it's hard because you don't, you know, you kind of, you don't want to be with the wrong person. I hate to say it like that. sounds kind of ugly. But if anything, I encourage her, dude, use what, you, what you've what you gone through. If you're not, you know, she, you know, and maybe we'll talk about this later. I don't know. But my wife is, is very shy. She's not one to get up and just talk in front of people. And, you know, sometimes she... Uh, I'm only saying it because she said it to me. She fumbles on her words sometimes, and she's like, I don't like talking in front of people. But, you know, I'm like, dude, what God has given you and what you've gone through, there are people waiting to hear that. There are young ladies and young men that need to hear about the experiences that you've had. And all honor and glory to God that this, even in in the short three months that we've been married, my wife has given several conferences over the past few months and the people that are impacted by what she speaks. We know that it's the anointing of God, but when she gets to sharing her testimony, the amount of people that have been impacted by that really mm. moves me. And, and then I'll nudge her and I'll be like, see, I told you. Like, you know, nobody <laughs> nobody said you had to be some, you know, no offense, but nobody said you had to be Dacia. You know, everybody knows Dacia to be a great woman of God, and we respect her and we honor her because she's just, she's a, you know, she's the real deal. And my wife, it's like, that's not me. That's okay. God's not called you to be that. God's called you to be you. Amen. Your story is what's going to help people. Your testimony is what's going to allow people to step out and say, you know what? If she could be that, I could be that too. If she can be victorious, I can be victorious too. So when, when stepping into our relationship, I wasn't anyone, and I'm still no one, to judge her and say, oh, be gone from me. Like, no, that's not, that's not it. If anything, God's going to use that to be a blessing to other people. God's going to use that to set other people free. God's going to use that to minister to other people. And, you know, I I know that sometimes people go through things and they're not proud of it. People are very ashamed. But if God forgives you, man, forgive yourself. Move on and use that to be a blessing. And if you're with somebody that currently has a story like that, don't you dare sit back and try to judge them and treat them as any lesser and walk away from them. Mm Because you ain't right. God's going to get you. And if, if anything, encourage them. Be there for them. Show them that they can definitely come back from that and use that for the honor and the glory of God. Wow. Amen. I just got chills with everything you guys shared. That's so powerful. If God forgives you, why shouldn't we? Why shouldn't we? I'm just so thankful for the grace of God because we do fall short of his glory. But his grace just seeps in into all the areas we fall short in. And I just think moments like this, like God will set you up in, in not moments for, and God doesn't want anyone to fail, but will set you up in moments like this to show grace unto each other, to show the grace that he has showed us. There was a passage of scripture I was reading um, a couple of nights ago when Jesus fed the 5,000. And it says that before Jesus fed them, when he seen them coming after him, Jesus was moved by compassion for the people. What would happen if that becomes our prayer? What would happen if we can look at people like that? We're just moved for compassion for them. How much more lives 
would would God use us to impact if we're moved with compassion, if we're moved with grace, if we have that heartbeat of Christ? Because that's really what it is. It's having that heart of Christ at the end of the day. How can we call ourselves Christians if we don't edify and show the most powerful characteristic that is love? And that's Jesus Christ's description. And so, man, that was just so powerful. Thank you guys for sharing that. And uh, yes, I have heard Leanne's story and it impacted me so tremendously. And it truly is one that I know will continue to impact everywhere that she goes. So thank you for that. So we're going to move on to the last question that we have here. And it is, can you be in a relationship with someone who has a different calling than yours or even a different ministry? Um, I'm going to say yes, but I want to, I want to, say something um all of our calling is the same our calling is people our calling is is the great mandate that's to preach the gospel to the entire world there are different assets of ministry there are different people with different gifts uh my wife and i uh have different gifts what i can do she probably can't and what she can do i probably can't uh, but the beauty of being in ministry as a couple is it allows you to help each other legit like it, it is so much fun uh, again we've only been married a short time but we've each had experiences where the lord deals with us uh, when ministering to people and there's some things that that the lord reveals to her and i'm like man that's awesome and then there's things that the lord reveals to me and she's like wow that's that's cool and we're able to to converse about it but we're also be able to we're also able to use those things and minister together uh when it comes to conversations with people as well as uh, altar ministry as well as preaching and teaching um i it's perfectly fine to not do what your partner can do uh because one is not a competition absolutely not a competition um i was telling i was telling some young people not too long ago that i cannot do ministry without my wife um even if i travel and she's not with me i still need her doing her job and mm-hmm. vice versa when she's out and she's ministering, even if I'm not, and I think we have this idea that it's like, oh, the wife always has to be praying. Absolutely not. Yes, my wife better be praying for me. If not, we're going to have a problem. But when God uses her and she's using her to minister to people and she's speaking, I have to do my job as a spouse to cover her and to yes. pray for her and to intercede for her and make sure she's, you know, even if that means I'm carrying her Bible around and giving her a bottle of water, you know, I got to make sure I'm doing my job. Because every single one of us has a ministry. Every single one of us has a place in the kingdom. Just because our places in the kingdom are not the same places doesn't mean that we cannot help each other. The Bible says mm-hmm. that we are one body. I remember saying, to, saying this to the church on Sunday. We are all one body. Even though we're not all the same part, we're all one body. And uh, I, I truly mean it when I say I need my wife to do ministry. Mm-hmm. And I would hope to say that she needs me so that she can do ministry. It's one thing, you know, by the grace of God, we've been in ministry for a long time and we've been traveling out even before we got married and blah, blah, blah. And I was getting to experience a lot of things, being in different places, you know, glory to God. But now, like being married, my ministry's changed so much. And I love it because I realized there was something I was missing and it was my wife. And it's Mm -hmm. so cool now because now we get to talk about it and we're like, man, this is super cool. Like we get to do it together. Uh, because, no, you know, going back to a scripture that says, you know, man and woman, they become one flesh. Now it's our ministry. Now we minister together. 
we 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 do things in the kingdom together our mm-hmm. roles may be different our gifts may be different our talents and abilities may be different but they complement each other and we need each yes. other to be able to complete ministry amen Leanne, is there anything you would like to add to that no i think you just took all my words i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> um just to end with this is just to be supportive of one another like so just to tie in everything that he said is just to make sure that you guys understand, like how you said, it's not competition. Worst thing that a relationship could happen is that you get start getting jealous of your significant other because maybe they're going a way that you wanted to go or they're going a different way and you see maybe God's not using you as much or vice versa. It's just to always understand that God's timing is perfect. You know, you know maybe your ministry is not the same. Um, but God has called, like you said, God has called everyone to serve. Um, so it's just about understanding one another and supporting each other through everything, actually, through everything. Absolutely. Uh, the way that God will unite you in one flesh, he will also unite you in one purpose, in that vision. And so 100%. So thank you guys so much for just all your golden nuggets, really, such powerful tremendous advice that I feel every listener will benefit from this. And so I do want to end here just because you guys definitely have this humorous aspect to you. Can you share, maybe maybe it's a different experience, a different story from within you guys, maybe like the funniest thing that you can say has like happened in your marriage or in your relationship that you're like, man, this is like something of a highlight. Uh, yeah, so uh, you know, being being that we're that we're in ministry and that we we uh, you know again being complete in Christ and having that relationship with Christ. Uh, leading up to our our wedding, uh, we had decided that you know we wanted to to be very intentional with everything that we did. Um, and so for our ceremony, we decided to. Uh, I know a lot of people do different things, like the they take the two candles and light one fire. Or they do the sand thing. Uh, we decided to to unite our vows, unite ourselves, uh, and and really commit to uh, loving each other like we're supposed to by washing each other's feet. Uh, it was a very beautiful, solemn moment. I, I remember. Uh, I, I don't cry. My wife was like, "If you don't cry when you walk when I walk down the aisle, I'm turning around." <laughs> uh, you know, so I, I was like, "Man, I'm not gonna cry," you know. And, and thankfully, she didn't turn around pretty fast. Uh, but in that moment, it was very solemn. And I also legit, I felt the presence of God uh, as I began to wash her feet. It was a very beautiful moment. Our officiant uh, was, you know, explaining what was going on. He was doing a wonderful job of explaining it. And um, so I washed her feet first. When uh, when it was her turn to wash my feet, uh, we realized we did not, we had the 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 little jug of water, we had the bowl, we didn't have any towels. Um, and then I made a huge mistake. All of my groomsmen had a certain socks from certain superheroes. Sorry, we're carnal a little bit, forgive us. Uh, but I gave all of my all of my groomsmen certain socks for different superheroes, but I had my favorite superhero uh, socks on. How, for, for whatever reason, these socks turned out to be like super tight on the day of and super long. So when she was untying my shoe and taking off my socks and she washed my feet, 
we were like, dude, we were whispering to each other. Like, everyone's crying. Again, the officiating's like, having a moment. He's almost, like, borderline speaking in tongues at this point. And I leaned over. I was like, dude, we don't have any towels. And she's like, oh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So then she starts washing my feet, blah, blah, blah. And um, when she was done, she could not get the sock back on my foot. <laughs> and oh, and no. the fishing was done. He was, like, done saying what he needed to say. The music was still playing. Everyone was kind of just watching. And she's getting real nervous. And she's like, I can't get the sock on your foot. And uh, <laughs> I was just like, well, keep trying, keep trying. And she was like, I really can't. Uh, so I leaned over, I looked over at the official and I was like, can we just do it like this? And so we finished the rest of our ceremony and I was barefoot. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was super funny. Uh, not until, I even walked down the aisle and everything. It wasn't until we were leaving uh, to go take pictures that I actually was able to put my socks and shoes back on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a story. What a story. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, but just to wrap up this episode, we truly want to thank you guys for making the time to come on here. Like I mentioned, we know this is going to be a blessing to someone maybe that is currently in that season of dating or even marriage or is just being prepared for that season. And so thank you all. Once again, is there any final words that uh, the Garcias want to share before we wrap up this episode? If I could, I would just say uh, make sure you're chasing after Jesus. I can't stress that enough. Um, chase after him. If you're chasing him and she's chasing him, you'll find each other in the chase. You'll find each other in the pursuit. Amen. Great advice. And so thank you so much once again to all our listeners. And you can look out for this next episode coming out. And so thank you once again, Jacob and Leanne Garcia for being with us. And to all our listeners, we pray that this episode was a blessing. And until next time.